What's up? You're listening to Fork the Product. I'm your host, Nick Casares. And I'm your other host, Zach Cohen. Fork the Product is a podcast that explores the intersection of blockchain, product, and user experience. We interview founders and builders to understand how they're approaching problems in the blockchain space. This is our Genesis episode. Rather than interview a guest, your co-hosts Nick and Zach introduce themselves by interviewing each other. Since typical episodes will mostly cover the people we interview and their projects, we felt it was important to share a bit about ourselves and the reason why we started Fork the Product. We also get into what we hope to get out of this project, what we hope the crypto community gets out of it, why we chose to do a podcast, and how we want our listeners to engage with us. We hope that you enjoy this and that it inspires you to listen to more episodes and help us form a community around Fork the Product. All right. uh, Welcome to episode zero of Fork the Product. Uh, My name is Nick Casares. And this is Zach Cohen. And we are dubbing this the Genesis episode. So to kick us off, I think we wanted to just dig into our backgrounds a little bit and talk about our paths to crypto, just so our listeners kind of understand our point of view and we can talk about what we hope this podcast will be about. So Zach, let's dig in with you. What's your background and your path to crypto? So my background is I don't have a technical background, uh, but nonetheless, was pretty drawn to crypto, largely because I have worked in product management at more of a traditional enterprise SaaS company. I I've worked you know for the last five years in a product role and recently joined a new company, but uh, along the way, I guess my path to crypto really started. Because I joined this company, Return Path, that uh, Fred Wilson is on the board of, and you know, I learned about Fred. And for those who don't know, he's one of the founders of Union Square Ventures, which is a very prominent VC firm based in New York, and uh, a very early VC firm that got into uh, crypto. I followed his blog for probably close to five, six years now, and read it religiously. And if anybody does know. Fred Wilson and follows his blog, which is avc.com. Highly recommend it. You will know that it is absolutely impossible to, you know, read his blog on a daily basis and not become obsessed with crypto. So yeah, I think I'll, I'll jump into a whole bunch more about my background and path to crypto and how they sort of converged, uh, because I have plenty more to say on that. But I will turn it over to you, Nick, and ask. You know, tell us about your background and your path to crypto. Sure. Yeah. So uh, my background is primarily in product design, user experience, interaction design, you know, kind of all flavors of it. I, I cut my teeth in design a very long time ago when design wasn't even digital yet. And so, you know, doing print design back when there was such a thing. And what is print? I, Can you define that for exactly. our listeners? <laughs> <laughs> a medium that is extinct nearly extinct uh so after after kind of uh, honing my chops uh in the design world for quite a while uh at some point in the late 90s i was introduced to html like i'm sure many people were and it just really sparked my curiosity and started me down a path of i think really wanting to explore a new medium but also kind of turning on a technical aspect of my curiosity, my brain that just hadn't existed before. So, you know, fast forward 10 years, I, I go through the ropes with everybody in that, that era, you know, learning HTML, learning about the web, learning about data and how we bring these things together. Um, 
I spent quite a bit of time uh, working in UX in a B2C capacity, working on like consumer apps. Um, I've done some work on some sort of uh, government or security-minded apps. And most recently, uh, Zach and I worked together at Return Path, um, working on some some different applications for email technologies and different data technologies. And so I came to crypto through... It was pretty organic. I mean, I, I think, you know, as somebody who's generally interested in what's new in tech, I try to keep you know on top of technologies. And I started seeing, you know, things about... Bitcoin showing up, you know, back when I was at my my first startup. Um, in fact, the CEO of that startup was kind of talking about Bitcoin back then and talking about, you know, the idea of Bitcoin ATMs and bringing crypto kind of, you know, to the masses. It was pretty early. So, of course, everybody was like, this is this is a little bit out there. Um, but it was enough. It was interesting enough that I think I wanted to dig on that a bit. And so I think over the years, I've just started to pick away at my understanding of what this technology could be. And I think, you know, in the past probably four years, four or five years, as we've witnessed, as consumers, we've, wist, we've witnessed these different uh, you know, data breaches and egregious violations of privacy even by organizations and by government entities. I think it's really just sort of incited a, a bit of a, I guess, just a passion in me to, to like want to see this technology flourish. A fire, yeah. To to want to really kind of fight back against some of these ideas, and mm. you know, and it sounds idealistic, and it is idealistic, but I think that's also what's cool about it. Because in the beginning, like the web was idealistic, right? This idea that you could just take anybody could hook up a computer to a phone line and start interacting with the rest of the world, it was crazy, and it was just people doing this on the fringes, and like that's never going to go mainstream. And I'm, you know, even as far back as like early high school days, sitting in front of a, a computer with Netscape and like downloading stuff that you know whether it was guitar tablature or you know (laughs) different different ideas about and and without a doubt about hacking and and freaking yeah do you remember i think we've talked about this but did you ever use like punters or progs do you know what that is no what's that no so that was i think the very beginning of my hacker mentality and i'm not really much of a hacker but uh punters were like applications that you could use to I don't even remember exactly how they work, but uh, you can like, it's kind of like a, I think a DDoS attack, but on individuals. So like you could punt somebody off aim. (laughs) Nice. Really? Oh, wait a minute. I do remember these. I do remember these. Yeah. The minute you said aim. Oh God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and those were, those are my early experiences. Those are your early experiences. Like just, and I think I'm having some of those moments again with blockchain, right? Like just seeing mm. that sort of excitement in the environment. Yeah. It's it's cool. And it, it you know, it makes me want to be a part of something again. I feel like it's really community minded, which as I've gotten older in life is an increasingly important value to me to really like, you know, connect with your tribe, find your tribe, support your tribe. So that's that's kind of, you know, where I come from and and where I'm how I've kind of collided with this whole idea of crypto and blockchain. Yes. Um I- I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna turn the mic back to you though for a second. But you were gonna say I, something, I so go ahead. So before we move on to the next set of questions, I just wanted to add because I think you touched on it a bit, uh, the sort of philosophical aspect, which is also really important to me in in this space. And that is, you know, in particular, you have companies like Google, Facebook, Amazon that are really becoming monopolies, and I, I think there's Simultaneously, I mean, you you look at the income inequality and how it's only worsening 
Um, and you yeah. are seeing this transformation, you know, and it's probably more, uh, it's a bit of hyperbole more than substance, I think. But it, when you hear or read in the media that, you know, the gig economy is taking over and, um, and it, it'll, you know, automation will put everybody out of jobs or, you know, the majority of people out of jobs and by 2025 or, you know, you see proclamations like that all the time. But I, I do think there is something to that. And I, I do think it's concerning and worth, you know, trying to figure out ways to counteract that. And when I really, when it sunk in and it, it really clicked for me, when I understood the potential of blockchain, it was the only thing other than, you know, potentially government intervention and regulation of these big tech monopolies. Um, and, and frankly, I, I'm not very optimistic about the, the feasibility or possibility of that anytime soon, given what's going on these days. Uh, so really, it is it, it could very well fail, this whole big experiment. But to me, it, it's, I think, the best shot that we have. So I, I'm really excited. Uh, no, I totally agree. And I mean, to the to the idea about like, you know, political intervention and being able to take that sort of back into the hands of the people that these these power structures should be serving, like, sure, it's not going to happen tomorrow, right? We, and, and I think anybody who knows anything about this technology realizes that. But I also think that, you know, the environment is ripe for this sort of thing. And I think that, you know, it's actually great timing as a society to try to disseminate this information and, you know, spread the idea that that we do have a potential very powerful way to start taking some of our privacy and some of our control back from some of these entities. So super cool. Definitely. All right. Well, so I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're probably wondering, you know, what this is all about and why, why we decided to start this podcast. So Zach, why don't you walk us through that a little bit? Like, what are you hoping to get from this podcast and why did you want to do this? Yeah. So being a product person and, you know, after sort of going down the crypto rabbit hole and, you know, even after reading white papers and testing out some of the the products, though there weren't very many when we, I think, first really started getting into it. But, you know, reading a lot about the potential applications of this technology, I guess all of the resources whether that is articles really touting the potential of this technology as opposed to applying it and seeing tangible examples of how it's working and realizing the sort of vision that everybody talks about or podcasts which I'm a huge fan of and have you know I'm incredibly grateful for like Unchained or uh, Unconfirmed by Laura Shin uh, and Epicenter you know, I've learned a ton from those podcasts, but I think something that I struggle with when I listen to those is it's it's not touching on the things that I I really want to understand, which are how are people building products on top of blockchain, um, and how are people really confronting all of these seemingly very very different paradigms for how you can build a product, the responsibility that you have to users when you know th there's no there's no like escape hatch or password reset if you lose your private keys and you know at the same time it's it's just this fascinating intersection of game theory computer science economics 
social dynamics when you think about the communities involved in these projects. Uh, and it's just so very different from anything that I've personally experienced as a product manager. And so I always find myself wondering, how are these people that are building products like some, you know, I'll drop a little teaser here, like folks from MetaMask uh, or, you know, Graphite or um, Linea, CryptoKitties, all people that we've interviewed so far, how are they doing this? How How is it the same or different compared to how, Nick, you and I have worked on product teams in this sort of traditional software and product development world? Uh, mostly because at some point, I, you know, I really want to get into this and, you know, for all the, the philosophical reasons that we described before, I, I want to help usher in this, this world and realize the sort of admittedly grandiose vision of, of crypto. And so I figured, why not, why don't we just ask them? <laughs> We're, I, I always found myself doing yeah, that yeah. by going to meetups and, you know, that, that does fill a little bit of it, the gap for me, but actually I've found thus far that you surprisingly can get interviews with people on these projects and they're very willing and open, which I think is a unique aspect of the crypto community, which I love. And it's just an opportunity to scratch my own or our own itch and learning about how they're doing this. Uh, and, you know, I would love for it to be more valuable than that, but you know, I'll, I'll start small and simple and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. How about you? Yeah. So, um, well, I, you dragged me into this, <laughs> so <laughs> we'll start there. No, when you approached me and said, Hey, what do you think about doing a podcast? Um, I was a little bit intimidated, to be honest, because like I said, I think I've been picking away at some of this technology and trying to understand it myself. You and I did a hackathon and you know, I dug pretty deep just to kind of immerse myself in some of the technical underpinnings of blockchain and Ethereum for that one. Um, I think that as I started to chew on it, though, I, I kind of had the same realization as you, like, you know, in, in, my career and in all of my life, like I have learned the most from just talking to people and asking questions, right? That's generally my approach. Like, who can I just go have a conversation about with about this topic with? Because I'm going to learn more from asking dumb exactly. questions, uh, you know, to a bunch of people than I will sitting around reading books. And not that book knowledge is bad. I mean, it's necessary sometimes. But I, I started to chew on the potential there. And I thought, yeah, this is a really good way to get some exposure to something that I'm really interested in. Um, I think as a sidebar, like you, I have a passion for the podcast format. Um, I've been an avid podcast listener for years. I think before before podcasting was even in the iTunes store, before anybody knew what it was, you still had to go to a website and download things and figure out how to transfer them to an iPod. Like It was a very geeky and niche an thing iPod? to do. Um, is that a new I, is that a new product I, that Apple's coming out with? It's actually a print design. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, over the years I, I've fallen in love with the format. I've I really admire people who are open and transparent enough to have conversations about the things that they're passionate about. You know, and maybe you have an audience of 10, maybe you have an audience of a million. It doesn't really matter. It's the idea that you get to have some some really kind of engaging conversations about this stuff with people, um, about the things that you're passionate about. So that that's 
kind of why I got into it. I think what I'm hoping to get out of it on top of, you know, just scratching some of the the itch around podcasting and learning about the space. I really hope that through these conversations, we're able to uncover some helpful insight that we can give back to the community. I know that through my career, I have learned so much from the community, you know, when it comes to user experience design, the design community, just being able to observe those conversations because they're happening out in the open because people are willing to have those conversations out in the open, I think has given me such a, a personal advantage and, and unique perspective on how to approach design and my career. And when it comes to products, like same thing applies. So I really hope that out of this, if I could get nothing more, it would be that we unearth you know, some little nugget of insight that we can share with the community that helps the next person building something, you know, do it just a little totally. bit better. Yes, could not agree more. And... Although, yes, it was, I suppose, my idea to start this specific podcast, you, I think, were the inspiration for me to even get interested in podcasts in a real way. Um, so you planted the seed long ago. And and I agree. Like I, I think the format uh, lends itself well to having these types of informal dialogues with people that you just don't get. You don't when somebody writes a post on Medium, when they are in a you know an open Slack channel or Gitter or any of the many many venues for a lot of these uh, crypto projects, you know where they post information yeah. or interact with the community, um, it, it just it, you can't quite get to the meat uh, that I'm always looking for that I feel like is lacking today. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah, and, 100%. And I guess the one other thing that I'll add is going back to sort of my favorite uh, crypto podcasts. I feel like they are either, you know, very focused on the founders and, you know, speak at a very high level about the projects and are very project focused, trying to understand, tell me about your project, but not so much about the process, which again, I think is, you know, the types of insights that we're hoping to to tease out and share with the community because at the end of the day the more we can empower everybody else in the community to learn from each other's mistakes because what i i think is very clear is nobody has the right answer and we're all learning as we go um and absolutely fake it until we make it um this in many ways is like open sourcing the process in a way that may be more accessible. Yeah, you know, th- that reminds me of something that we, I think we keep coming back to in you know, our, our offline conversations about this podcast, which is, you know, one of the interesting things I think about looking across, you know, hopefully dozens of projects and looking at the processes that they're using is at a certain point, you can start to distill some first principles. You can start to, to you know, unpack some of the meta-analysis that's required to really put things into a framework. Right. And start understanding, like, what is the the meta process going on here in crypto and blockchain as a whole that people can learn from and grab onto and make better? So, you know, I, I think you mentioned Fred Wilson earlier and his blog. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty uh, religious listener of mm-hmm. A16Z, the Andreessen Horowitz podcast. And one of the things I love about some of these more VC oriented uh, publications is just that they get so much face time and exposure to different projects. They have a completely different perspective on, on topics and on the landscape of things. And that's, you know, that's, I think where I'd love to see 
some of this go to is just getting to a point where we've seen and talked to so many different people working in the space that we're able to start synthesizing that on behalf of the community and giving some of that back. Yes. Amen. I'm going to turn the question, the next question on you first. So you already, you know, touched on what you hope to get out of it, what you hope the crypto community gets out of it. But if there are other things that you haven't touched on, feel free to add those. Um, But, and actually, before I even get to the next question, I'm going to ask you to help our listeners understand what the name of our podcast even means. (laughs) Yeah. So Fork the Product, um, this really came from Zach and we were tossing name ideas around and, you know, I was going down very obvious routes and he tossed back Fork the Product and, and you know, I had to think about it for a minute and then I had this little light bulb moment and it seemed like the right fit. So the, the great thing about blockchain projects is they're open source, meaning that Anybody can take that source. They can do what's known as a fork. Uh, it comes from uh, programmer parlance on version control systems like uh, GitHub. So you can take somebody's code, you can fork that code, which means you're just basically making a copy of it. And you can change that code in whatever manner you please to become some new uh, variation or strain of that product or that that piece of code. And so in the blockchain space, when we're thinking about developing quote-unquote products... It's very real. And in fact, we've already talked to people who said, yeah, this is indeed happening. It's a very real thing that somebody comes along and sees your product and says, hey, that's a great idea. I'm going to fork that product. I'm going to do something else with that and take it my own direction. Um, I won't I, I won't give away the surprise, but there's an interesting story of that happening to one of our uh, one of our guests. And they have some interesting thoughts about that. But in a lot of ways, it's 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 probably the the highest form of, of flattery in open source, right? Somebody sees a project and they say, hey, that's that's very interesting and cool. And somebody's already solved a lot of hard problems. And I want to jump on that and, and start doing something else with that and either improve it or take it in a new direction. So yeah, that's, that's the background of Fork the Product. Very cool. Uh, okay. And the question that I was going to get to before is how do you want listeners and assuming we have more than two uh to both of whom are on this this uh, recording, uh, how would you like them to engage with us, if at all? So, just like any of the projects out there, right? It's open source, and which means that people can openly give feedback, and that feedback is there for creators to improve things. And so, I think if you're a listener of this and you're getting value out of this, or maybe you're not getting value, and you're like, "This is a horrible show. I want it to be better." <laughs> that feedback is invaluable to us. So what what I'm hoping is that the community will make this a dialogue, you know, and it's not just a listen only mode that it's a listen and and talk and share that feedback with us as you do or don't get value from this project because you know, I think that's valuable input for the community and if somebody forks fork the product and comes out with, you know, a podcast similar but different in six months from now, I'd love to be able to share some of these lessons learned and share the feedback that, hey, this worked and this didn't work. And this is what you might think about doing differently um, to better better serve the community. Absolutely. And do you want to tell our listeners when we're going to be completing our ICO? (laughs) (laughs) So our ICO will be complete. (laughs) We'll be releasing a white paper soon. Keep an eye out. Cool. 
No, but but in all seriousness, uh, turning that back to you a little bit, uh, what are your thoughts on what you hope listeners get out of this and how do you want them to engage with us? I think first and foremost, it's always validating to hear if people are feeling feeling the same way as I and you know, I think you as well do about the coverage of how people are approaching building these products. Now, I there's there's no doubt in my mind that there are there are ways that you can engage in some of these crypto communities. They are incredibly open and willing to bring people in. And I, I've found that out because I've done it myself, whether that's, you know, joining uh, the Gitcoin Slack channel and joining their their live feeds. Uh, there, yeah, there are so many other venues where you can do this stuff. Uh, but I find it to be very much, uh, you know, you have to go to each one individually. And as I experienced, that is a lot of overhead. There is a lot of a lot of noise. And it's very difficult, you know, to tease out the signal from the noise. Uh, and who has time for doing all of that? So if you feel the same way, we want to hear it. If there are questions that we're not asking that you'd really be interested in in us diving into more or areas that we're diving into um, that you would not like to hear, we want to know. And I, I think it's this hopefully will become a community like any other. And um, also, obviously, if there are projects that you think are particularly interesting that you want us to get on the show, please do let us know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I am so very looking forward to seeing what this turns into. You know, it's all a grand experiment, but this has been this has been a blast so far. And I, I hope we're just getting started. Um, so with that, I think maybe we wrap it up and let's dig into our first of five or six episodes. Sounds great. Here. Can't wait.